on the social media platforms to search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 231 now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about black-owned banks. Also, we're talking about the fact that during COVID, movie houses have closed, and Warner Brothers just did something pretty incredible, you guys. And it kind of makes you scratch your head and wonder, will movie houses become a thing of the past and will they ever open again before we get to that though let's get to this something just happened really really cool i want to share this story with you a number of months ago uh there's a gentleman by the name of nicholas that came and stayed in my home i have a door that's a airbnb home it's an adu an attached dwelling unit you hear people say adu a lot and day do or day da people say it differently or day do that's a detached accessory dwelling unit so i'm building one of those in my garage right now and in the city of seattle you can basically have three doors so you can create three doors of income on a rental property without having to go out and build a triplex so it's really cool so that's what i'm doing that's how i'm manipulating this property that I own on Queen Anne. So the apartment that I have downstairs, my son and I used to live in when we were building the house upstairs that he and I live in now. Now I pivoted and I rent that out for a couple grand a month. How about that? It's really incredible. It's fully furnished. It's beautiful. And people have come from all over the world. In fact, I've had over a hundred people stay down there. Uh, Not at the same time. What's that? Not at the same time. (laughs) That's against the rules. We don't have that many beds. Anyway, uh, Nicholas was here from the Bay a number of months ago. We hit it off. We had a great connection. And he said, hey, by the way, my best friend, my very best friend, uh, his name is Ollie. He lives over in the UK with his partner. And he works for a big uh, tech company. And she works for a big company, too. And instead of going back to San Francisco, where Nicholas and Ollie and all of them have been working, uh, he said, I think he's going to move to Seattle could you and Ron jump in and start working with this couple? And Ron, that's when you and I got, to, got had a chance to jump in, right? Yeah, we did a Ron and Don sit down from the UK. So I was constantly going, okay, it's 10 a.m. here. What time is it in London? Uh, and then they did move over, went through the whole quarantine process and started looking at houses. And this was the, the textbook one for me that I enjoy because A, um, there's a learning curve of saying if you grew up in a different city, a different state, a different country, to acclimating yourself to uh, to the city of Seattle and the velocity of what goes on here. It, it, it's alarming if you are just from a different part of the world. Uh, and so the, the that learning point to me was we went to a house that was actually listed by our office mate, and they loved it. It was so charming, beautiful house. It had a, a dadu in the backyard, as you just described. It was really dialed in. And they're like, we want this house. Mm. And I'm like, okay, the review date is today. We're not going to have time to write on it. Uh, luckily, I was able to call our office mate. And I said, guess what this went for? And they guessed the number. And I was like, no, it's a lot higher than that. And they're like, oh, my God. So open their eyes 
to what it means to like the type of houses they liked and how many other people like those same type of houses. So then we did an education on financing, did an education on down payment, did an education on the process. We went and looked at a bunch of homes. Uh, We wrote on a couple of homes and didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And then we finally wrote on a house and we got it. And then we got to go through the education of what's an inspection? What's an expert? How do you, you know, what things do you remedy? What things do you don't? How are we going to customize this thing to meet our needs? And so it's been this journey. And today you and I were able to go to that listing in person, hang our little sold strip up uh, across the sign that says sold by Ron and Don. And it, and they're thrilled. And so um, it, it's going to be a great, great place for them. So to have a plan come together, um, they're very quick on the upstart to like get this stuff and be willing to trust us and to be a little more aggressive, I think, than, than a lot of people are used to. Uh, I know like my family members would not be used to this type of aggression. Yeah. Cause it, cause it goes so fast and sometimes not getting your first deal or not getting your second deal. It helps set you up for the third and the fourth deal. Cause now you have confidence and you know, you have to come early. Like we, we went early on this house and then it's also important. We have we have a mentor that says, you know, sometimes with younger real estate agents, they forget to get on the phone. They forget to have conversations. And they sit there and they text back and forth or they email back and forth. And and Tamara Marson, who's one of our great mentors at Windermere, and she used to actually sell radio at Cairo. And now she's for decades now, she's been one of the great mentors. And she she told us as, as young realtors, she said, Don't be afraid to get on the phone. Don't be afraid to get on the phone and have conversations. So when I talked to some, we had some challenges with this house and I called the other agent and and we had some conversations. He and I together, instead of sitting across from each other, because he works for a different company and it being, because sometimes it gets visceral, it gets angry, people get mad. I, I don't even know why. We got on the phone together. We worked through those challenges. We didn't sit across the table. We sat at the table with each other. And we were able to come up with really great remedies, not only for our clients, but for the people that were selling and also for this other agent and, and ourselves. So, and the cool thing was they just, they're back overseas again and uh, they had a, to go out of town and we sent them a video because we're ju- we were pretty pumped about landing this home. And then they sent us a video back and, uh, and it was really beautiful because they're they're over in Hawaii right now, and they wrote back and they and they said mahalo to us. So, anyway, it's been a lot of work, but the work isn't work when it's fun. And you and I always learn a lot on transactions like this. And I also just want to take a moment and thank Nicholas who came here, uh, who who we started a friendship when he stayed here, and then to turn around, refer us, and trust us. Uh, I am deeply, and, and, and I'm not buttering your bread. I am, I'm deeply moved by that when people trust us. And they don't know us from the Ron and Don show. They don't know us from the Ron and Don nation. They just know us as a friend that stayed at an Airbnb. And then he turned around and told his other friends, hey, these guys are kind of idiots, but, but maybe you should pick up the phone and give them a call. You so. know, the thing that I learned from uh, working with this couple that I want to try to emulate is... When when you reach the heights that they both have in these big, gigantic firms, they ask really great questions, and then they listen to the answer, and then they can disagree, 
and then still come back and find a solution. So I think if you've done the type of work they have and sat in those meetings where maybe you're swinging several hundred million dollar budgets on projects that you learn to go, this is my lane. I'm very confident in this lane. That's not my lane, but I can understand that lane. And so that's something that I want to do because sometimes I get insecure and try to know it all and can be a know-it-all. And so to be able to go, I don't understand that. What does that mean? And just have the confidence to go, I know a lot of things. I don't know that. And then listen to an expert. Give me the answer. Or watch them listen to each other. Right. That, that's what was cool. Because some, sometimes you, you don't always feel like you have a partner that's a, that's a true partner. And, and I agree with you. And I, I think our partnership is that way. We can tell each other just about anything. Uh, and if it wounds the other guy, we, we get through it and, and we work that out. Because every partnership is going to have some bumps in the road. And it's those bumps where you make sure you communicate. Uh, you make sure you listen to each other. You make sure you give room for the other person's gifts, talents, and abilities. And also make room for their F-ups right? Mm -hmm. Just make some room for that. And if you and I hadn't done that with each other over the past couple of decades, we, we would no longer be friends. There would be too many, too many bumps in the road, but, but you, you have to make room in a partnership, whether professionally or whether, uh, we've seen so beautifully with a couple like this. So anyway, Nicholas, thanks for trusting us. It was really fun and has been really fun to be a part of team O and E, you hear us talk about teams, and that's what we do when we're getting ready to buy a home, sell a home, we create a team. Did you guys know about 25 people are typically involved in your transaction from inspectors to transaction coordinators to the human that comes out and puts the sign in the ground or takes the sign out of the ground? And it comes to title companies and it comes to other real estate agents. There's a lot going on here from, from marketing and then finally landing that home and all the paperwork that that involves too. So anyway, it all starts with us with the Ron and Don sit down, just like Team O and E did. If you want to sit down with us, let's do it. All you got to do is go to Ron and Don sit down, sit down.com. That's Ron and Don sit down.com. Some of the news of the day. Let's get to it on the other side of this. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a laydown. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> we were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward. 
forward. And uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. Hey, you guys. There we go. Welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And as you already heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, and we're pretty busy, but we're never too busy for you. In fact, uh, we talked to some buyers way up north today, almost to the Canadian border. So if you're within the sound of our voices, uh, chances are we can help you. Just go to Ron and Don. uh, Except for Sultan. Yeah. Ron and Don, sit down. Uh, com. There's a story uh, you're pretty excited about, right? Yeah, this is really interesting to me, and I'll, I'll see if I can weave this all together. There's a new digital bank coming out called Greenwood Bank. Let me make sure I got that name right. Can I just say this real quick? If you hear some gnawing in the background, Charlie's eating an esophagus. And Charlie's your dog. Charlie's my dog. Is he too, is he too loud? Nah, people can get over okay. it. There's, there might be dog noise in ever, the background. Some people freak out sometimes when they see a doodle chomping on an esophagus. It's fine. I should probably take a picture of this. It's awesome. So there's this new bank coming out, and I actually got on the uh, waiting list. So it's called the Greenwood Bank. And now here's the thing that is is really interesting to me and new about this idea. This is a black-owned bank. And so the three public faces of this bank are Ambassador Andrew J. Young, which you may have, have seen him in the news over recent years, uh, the former mayor of Atlanta. His name is uh, Ryan Glover. And then a rapper named Killer Mike. Cool. And so Killer Mike, he goes on Colbert a lot. Yeah. He's, he's incredibly uh, understands American history and is very, the way he explains it is really compelling. He's also in a band uh, called Run the Jewels which has one of the best hip-hop albums of last year it's great uh, rtj4 so if you're into sort of it's there's some curse words in it but if you're into uh, uh, hip-hop it's a really good album so those are the three public fronts of this bank and so they named it greenwood because in tulsa oklahoma uh, right after the civil war the Greenwood neighbor was called the Black Wall Street. It was this very successful black neighborhood that was then burned to the ground. And there was a huge massacre there uh, when people uh, in the Ku Klux Klan and others found out about this Tulsa community that was being very successful. And so absolutely burned it to the ground. So in tribute to Greenwood, they're naming this bank Greenwood Bank. And so here's the thing why this is so exciting to me. What they're pledging to do is to use this bank to help fund and assist people of color, women of color across America uh, to, to bolster their businesses and bolster their opportunities. And the thing that I never understood, and I'm embarrassed to say this now, it was only a couple years ago when I was taking a class at the Online Training Academy. If you listen when we were on the radio, you remember that sponsor. I'm taking this class. I never put this together. When you are a member of a bank, so let's say that Don and I go sign up for Bank of America and we put $20,000 into our savings account in Bank of America. What we sign when we sign that big intro packet of paperwork when you're opening up your bank account, we're giving Bank of America, they're saying, we're going to pay you guys 0.4% interest on your money. 
And we're like, great. And then here's my checking account and we're going to pay the fees. I get the ATM card. We're going to pay. We're going to guarantee you this very low interest rate. In exchange for that privilege, you sign away your right for Bank of America to take my money, to take your money, to take everybody's money that's in Bank of America. They go and they invest that money for Bank of America. So they take hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, and they have people that all they're doing is trading assets all day long in the stock market. You got guys trading options. You got guys trading stocks. You got guys trading bonds. They have a huge trading desk for B of A. And they are made. So let's say they took our 40 grand, 20 grand from me, 20 grand from you. Let's say they made 12% that year. They're only going to pay us the 0.4. They get to keep. The bank gets to keep the rest of that money. I didn't, I never realized that. In my mind, it's sort of the way I pictured it is my $20,000 sat in my account and it's just sitting there. Did you, you never watched A Wonderful Life? It didn't make sense to you why you would never want to run on the bank? I mean, that's right. what happened during the Great Depression. Right. Is everybody ran to the bank and they wanted cash and there's they not enough get the cash, cash to cover. It just, it never and connected then, with me. And then we got on the phone, we called Germany and we said, hey, all that money we loaned you during world war one and to rebuild we're calling in all those loans that triggered hitler in world war ii was the great depression here in america and then uh tangentially how do you say that tangentially tangentially yes uh uh over in germany so so I, i guess i never i knew that banks made a lot of money i didn't really understand the mechanism how they did it tangentially there you go it's spaghetti and so when you are having uh your mortgage or your savings account in these brand name banks that we all know and love and then you see oh goldman sachs guy got a 48 million dollar bonus last year that money was made off of everyone's money. Mm-hmm. And so you may have got 4% or 3 whatever your interest rate was. They get the rest. And so what this bank is trying to do is to say, we're going to take everybody's money. We're going to do a similar thing. We're going to invest that money in guarantee savings rates. And it's just like any other bank. You get an ATM, you can write checks, you're going to have an account. There's not going to be a lot of branches because it's a digital bank, like a Robinhood type of thing. There's not a physical branch you can go to. But then we're going to take that money and we're going to invest it back. We're going to prioritize people of color, women of color, and try to bridge the wealth gap and the home loan gap for for underserved people in America. If you and Killer Mike is one of the ones that's getting out there and saying there are so many unbanked people that are people of color. Do not have a bank account and you'll hear people that like go to a Fred Meyer someday at the end of the month and stand there in front of the customer service counter. There will be a line 25 people deep of people getting money orders cuz they don't have a bank account. And so they will walk up to that counter and pay a dollar twenty-five or two bucks for every single money order they have to order. Cause for whatever reason in their culture, they did not feel like they should have a bank account. And that was not for them. And so, and it's just, it's sad. It's predominantly heavily weighted towards uh, immigrants and people of color that are unbanked. Yeah. And let's talk about that. If you're from another country and you feel like the IRS has the ability to go in your account and take your money, guess what they do? 
if people have had tax issues, uh, you could have the IRX go in and freeze that account. And now you don't have any money. And now you have to fight the IRS. For a lot of people, that's a reason. And then what I just talked about, my Aunt Catherine, my Uncle Don, my namesake, who I'm named after. They didn't put money. In, they went through the Great Depression. They didn't put money in the bank. Right. My Aunt Catherine passed away. They found hundreds of thousands of dollars in planter boxes and, and, and in plants and literally in her mattress. So when people always say, hey, there's money in the mattress, that's where that comes from. So there's a lot of people out there that have different reasons for that. Uh, but those are just the couple. Well, this is then it's tied to housing as well. So if you think, why uh, do let's just think our business in, in real estate, you want to be a real estate agent in the neighborhoods where the houses are the most expensive. Because then you, as the agent, are going to get good commissions when a, a house is bought or sold in those neighborhoods. And, and so the lower the price point by zip code is, your uh, the incentive is not to go and service those communities. And that's why you and I say, hey, we'll go way up north. We'll go way down south. Our, uh, my favorite deal last year was our smallest deal monetarily. And that was down in South Puyallup uh, because of the meaning of that deal, not because of the dollar amount of that it was deal. A, it was a United States Marine. And so yeah. this, the reason why that happens, you have an unbanked community that are mostly renters. They don't have savings. They don't, they can't get loans. They're not a bank. The bank is going to look at them as high risk and not a good candidate to go buy a house or to get a business loan. And so therefore it perpetuates this cycle of poverty and this cycle of non ownership. And so what killer Mike is doing is trying to bridge that gap and say, I'm a hip hop superstar. You need to have a bank account. You can come to our bank. And we will treat you seriously if you're trying to start a business. And if you have a business plan and have your uh, ducks in a row, we're, we might give you a loan. What, so what do, you, what do you say about this? Because I already hear men my age and older, especially white, white men going, huh, racism. So you're going to serve the black and brown community, but what about when I walk in the door? Are you going to take my money and not give me a loan because I'm a white guy? Well, I can't speak for the bank. I signed up to be on the waiting list because I have a lot of different bank accounts. I'm one of those guys that like I just like to have different accounts for different things. So I signed up for the Greenwood waiting list. They have over half a million people that have signed up. If I'm going to park my money, like I have one thing like my rainy day bank account mm -hmm. that just has six months living expenses in it. I never take money out of it. I never really put money into it unless a rainy day comes. I might take, close that account and just put that in Greenwood. If that money's just going to sit there and that's my just peace of mind account, why not let Killer Mike uh, and Representative Young, Ambassador Young, take that money make interest on that money like any other bank would do. And instead of buying a house in the Hamptons in a third yacht, help someone of color get their first house. That would make me more happy to get someone of color in America, their first house or their first business loan, instead of a guy get another yacht or another mansion. Yeah. And people should know this. Let's say that you've been awarded a Habitat uh, Humanity House. In fact, I have a friend that lives in a Habitat Humanity House. Let's say that you go to sell that house. Guess what? You own the house, but you don't own the land under it. The reason why Habitat Humanity has done that is because they don't want to award houses to people and then have them turn around and just sell the houses because uh, that doesn't look good on television. 
And then who are you really providing housing for in the end? But this is what we all know in a lot of areas of Seattle right now. What's worth a lot of money is the land. What's not worth a lot of money sometimes is the house, is the house that is sitting on the land. And so we want to make sure, and I know that you want to make sure, all of us want to make sure. The first thing the bank is going to ask is, if they're going to loan is, and it's an, it's another bank or a mortgage lender, they want to look at your actual physical bank account. They're going to underwrite and go through your account. They're going to look at every expense. They're going to start asking questions. They want to make sure that you can take on this loan. And it's really important in black and brown communities that black and brown people just don't have an opportunity, you guys, to own a house But it's so important to own the land under the house because that's how you build generational wealth. And so I would just say, if you have a BLM sign in your yard or in your business and you don't, and that's all you did, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but if that's all you did, consider getting on the wait list for Greenwood, park some of your capital into a bank that's mission statement is what I've already described. That to me is really doing something for BLM. Not that the sign is meaningless or wearing a t-shirt is meaningless or buying the coffee mug, but support. This is the institutional type of thing to where you're really saying black lives matter. If you say, I'm going to take 50 grand of capital, I'm going to put it in this bank and let them use it. Now you're really saying black lives matter. In my opinion. Yeah. Let's talk more on the other side of this. Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, before we get out of here, let's talk about movies, because I know a lot of you have been binge watching during COVID and you're at home. Is it Briggerton? Is that a lot of Bridgerton? Bridgerton. I watched the first episode or so. It's, I need to get in the right headspace to watch it. I think it'll be fun, a fun romp, if you will. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, Queen's Gambit to me was the best show of the, of the whole It doesn't COVID. seem interesting to me, but you keep telling me to watch it. And then I sit there with my son, and I, I know it's there's no way son. I'm going to get through Queen's Gambit with him. Here, uh, but that, that's the one about the you, chess player, right? Chess, have you watched Ted Lasso? No. Um, you would watch Ted Lasso in one sitting. It is so good, Jason Sudeikis. I'm telling you, is Ted he Lasso. Jay, is he Jason Sudeikis in the whole no, thing? He's Ted Lasso. He is. Okay. He's, he's, co- he's a he's a co- football coach. Which, he's a football coach. It is the best. Okay. You would watch. I've watched it twice. You have. It's great. All Ted right. Lasso. Everybody. All right, I'll check Thank that. me later. I'll check that out. Uh, anyway, uh, Warner Brothers announced something this week that is pretty interesting. And they're one of the last great big movie houses. And I mean, we're talking going all the way back to Gone with the Wind. And then that's when Warner Brothers would have their own lots and their own stables of people, they would call it, right? And Clark Gable was in that stable. A lot of the starlets were in those stables. It's one of the reasons why a lot of those stars didn't make a lot of money. They would sign on like Elvis Presley. If you remember, there was a series of movies, I think seven in a row, where his name was Mike. And the reason why they did that, Elvis starred in over 52 movies. He did that in just a couple of years. Sometimes he'd be shooting two movies at the same time while touring and also while performing with a live band. That's really hard to do. And sometimes that band would get going, he'd be high, and he wouldn't know how to stop the band. 
Those are some of the best performances we've ever seen of Elvis. But anyway, going back, sometimes he would get confused about which movie he was in with Warner Brothers. And so they would just call him Mike all the time. So that's why he was Mike in so many movies, which I think is really great. Fast forward to today, Warner Brothers now saying, hey, we are pivoting. There's the word we're all using, 2020, 2021. And instead of waiting and holding movies back, like Wonder Woman right now has been held back. Instead of holding these movies back, what we're going to do, we're going to do something simultaneously. And we are going to see Disney starting to do this. We're going to release movies in big movie houses. At the same time, we're going to release these on streaming services. So my question is this, Ron. Do you see the big movie houses going away? And a lot of the boutique movie houses, like the, there's a really cool one that my son and I go to in Ballard that we love, and it's only a couple screens. It's called The Majestic, and it's an old movie house that was restored, and you can go online, you, reverse, you, you reserve your seat. When you go in there, they have a couple items. You get popcorn, maybe a stale hot dog, uh, and maybe a root beer. Uh, but they keep their margins because their margins are so small, keep their staff very small. So a lot of times the person that's taking your ticket is the same person that's letting you in the door, is the same person that's telling people to turn their phone off, is the same person that's getting you popcorn. So with Warner Brothers announcing this, what do you think is going to happen to these huge cineplexes? Uh, do you think these will be torn down? Will they go the way of the indoor mall? Or do you see them, as we come out of COVID, as a destination where people are really going to want to go? I think there's going to be a huge pent-up desire to go to social things, concerts, movies, theater, uh, sporting events. I think that people, when they feel safe, are going to come back in droves to that. The timeline on that is impossible to predict of when that'll happen. So, yeah, some of them will be shuttered. I guess my criticism of this is the pricing model. So when you think of of – you know, the Netflix or the Hulus of the world, even uh, I pay uh, YouTube because I don't want to watch the commercials. They, they're around 12 to 15 bucks a month, unlimited consumption. So whatever you want to watch, if I don't watch the whole Queen's Gambit thing, I don't pay individually. I just, I get everything on Netflix. Unless you're me. Cause you helped me cancel my $77 yeah. a month Hulu. Yeah. You had everything with Hulu. How to get signed up for that? Because you had live TV and everything. Oh. So, but now these movie houses. So let's say you take the Wonder Woman movie. I was like, I want to watch that because I, 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 you know, I like the first one. It was like fourteen ninety nine to watch the movie. One one movie, and then you have forty eight hours to watch it. And I don't own the movie. I can't go back in a month and rewatch the movie. I, that's a one time viewing for fourteen ninety nine. And so, to me, what they've done, the Disney Plus. This uh, Warner Brothers has a parent stream. Everyone's trying to do the streaming thing now, and they're trying to price it at a premium. And I think that that's just a broken model. I think if anything on the internet has taught us is if, it, in other words, if you're taking that Wonder Woman movie and said it's a buck ninety nine, it's a buck ninety nine. I probably would have paid a buck ninety nine to watch it. When it's fourteen ninety nine, seventeen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, I'm like, eh, let's go. I'm already paying Netflix. Let's go find something on Netflix. I'll just go to YouTube. I'll just uh, open up my podcast player and listen to a podcast. And so I, I think that the in-person experience is going to come back. I don't know exactly the form, but I think people realize what they had and they miss it and they're nostalgic to do that. See, I think the ones that'll do well, and I was first exposed to this in Dallas, was one of these movie houses where it's a whole experience where you go in to have really good food. You sit down at a table. 
You can have a table for four and you're not eating steak and lobster, but at the same time you could eat a burger, chicken sandwich, something like that. And so you would go in there and it was like being in, in a restaurant and then you would hang out and you'd watch a movie. We've seen, we've seen some of that here in Seattle, not a lot. And I think cause that model is so expensive, but I think you'll see movie houses maybe doing more of that. Let me tell you my reaction though. It's completely different to yours. And I think for parents out there that have kids, I'm always doing the math times too. So when I'm going to the Majestic with uh, G-Force, I know as soon as I walk in the door that by the time we're tax title licensed and out the door and we got to have one candy and some popcorn and some drinks we're interested in, maybe he brought a friend. We just spent $75 at the Majestic, right? So spending a little more uh, on a movie, because they always give you, you you could rent this now for $3.99, but to your point, you only get to watch it for two or three days, or you could buy it for $17.99. So we always choose to rent it, and I'll tell you why. I have bought stuff before. I bought a lot of holiday stuff, especially with the peanuts. Like he he loves watching Charlie Brown. That's why our dog's name is Charlie Brown. He play, he was in a Charlie Brown play as Charlie Brown. You've seen him with his Charlie Brown shirt. So G Force loves Charlie Brown. What they do is if I buy Charlie Brown the Halloween special this year and I buy it, when next year comes around, now I own it, right? When next year comes around and I and and I go to look at it, and if I'm not paying attention. It shows me Charlie Brown, the Halloween special, but it's back to the original pricing. And it doesn't show me until I really start looking and digging that I've already purchased it. And the way they're able to get away with that is they'll go in and they'll add two minutes. They'll add two minutes of uh, the gentleman that, that, that wrote Charlie Brown talking about Charlie Brown. Now what you're buying is something different. And now they can charge you for basically the same thing that they added two minutes of content to. So that game is going on, and a lot of arts parents recognize it. And if you're not super smart about technology, you end up paying for Charlie Brown again. And you think you bought it, and then the next year rolls around, and you're like, I thought I bought this thing! Snoopy's killing me! Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by and sharing episode 231 with us. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with us. How do they do that? Yeah, you can email me directly, ron at windermere.com. I can send you a buyer's playbook, seller's playbook, schedule a sit-down with you, or check out the website, ronandonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys. Thanks for giving us great lives. Thanks for being, oh, just listening to this podcast. Over a million plays now, and that's thanks to you. One of the fastest growing podcasts in the Pacific Northwest, and we are so appreciative. And thanks for allowing us to be your realtors. That means everything to us. Hey, you keep your head up, you keep your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. And hopefully you didn't hear Charlie. How is that esophagus? (laughs) Yeah, we are only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>